It's Cookie Lab. Hi, and welcome to Cookie Lab. I'm Jill. And I'm Chris. And I am so excited that it is the merry month of May. And as we are recording this, do you know what is going to happen tonight, Jill? In just a couple of hours' time. Day in May. I know of this uh, exciting, most exciting two minutes in sports. Yes, the NHL playoffs. No, no. Oh, oh, no, no. No, the Kentucky Derby. The run for the roses. You guys, I just have to tell you, Chris has, even for Chris, these cookies are astonishingly fabulous. <laughs> Wait till you hear about Chris's Run for the Roses cookies. Tell them about it, I Chris. I think that's what they, we should name them, the Run for the Roses cookies. They Okay. Uh, this comes to us from our friends at Southern Living Magazine. They have a cookie of the month. And as we're looking for inspiration for our cookies, uh, we peruse many different websites and magazines and and bake shops. Primary sources in the library. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I came across this raspberry white chocolate meringue sandwich cookie. And the thing that caught my eye about it was that it looked like a rose. And I said... It sure does. Wow. If I can recreate this cookie, it would be perfect for the Kentucky Derby. And Chris... Did you know that roses became the official flower of the Derby in 1883? Really? Uh, how long has the Kentucky Derby been going on, Jill? The Kentucky Derby began around circa 1875. Oh, so it was around... The winner, the winning horse, is draped with a blanket of hundreds of red roses. Beautiful. Yeah, I wonder what they... Uh, maybe they draped it in cookies before that. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm sure it was hungry after that run, that sprint. Absolutely. Give that horse a shot of bourbon. Right. And bourbon, because it's in Kentucky, is the official drink. The mint julep, specifically, I believe. But the cookie is a takeoff on the raspberry white chocolate meringue sandwich cookie. It is a strawberry white chocolate meringue sandwich cookie because it calls for freeze-dried raspberries. Okay. Which I couldn't find. Oh, okay. So I used freeze-dried strawberries, and they work just as well. I bet. I bet it's going to be delicious. It's a beautiful pink color. It's a it's a strawberry pink rosette sandwich with layers of something white and something else red. Well, that's the white chocolate, and it has a strawberry preserve in the center. And I'm holding it in my hand, and it weighs approximately one one millionth of an ounce. Like, does it does it even exist? It's well, so light and airy. Well, it's meringue. Yeah. So if you have a, I don't know, five or six hours on your hands, you too might want to make this cookie. <laughs> that is never true for me, so thank you for making it. Just because. So meringue is a time-consuming thing you've got to you have to whip so the tell, eggs. tell us about that yeah because to me it's like you throw some egg whites in the kitchen aid and and whip right you can do that but it won't last for very long uh yeah because, it kind of fall, falls down yeah, you need to put in some sugar with it okay so i used a very concentrated simple syrup 
that I made. Yeah. And the recipe called for that. Yeah, that the recipe called so for. So it's like a liquid instead of the usual granulated. Yes, exactly. White crystals. And then you put it into a piping bag and you make it into the shape of the roses on parchment paper and you put that in the oven mm -hmm. and it had to cook at 200 degrees for two and a half hours. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Such a delicate operation. Yeah. And uh, then you make a white chocolate ganache mm. and which, which is uh, just melting white chocolate with some heavy cream and some butter. But you have to let that cool and get to the right consistency to put it into another piping bag and you pipe that onto one of the meringues. So I would be like rushing this and I would put it in the piping bag too hot oh, and yeah, it would like yeah. melt the bag or hurt my hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've got you've got the patience for this project. Oh, I I I put the meringues in and I went out and I mowed the lawn. I mm -hmm. went to the dump. I, you know, so there's all kinds of things you can do while this is good, but you have to keep in the back of your mind that you've got these meringues going. It's a timing thing. I hear you. And I I'll hear tell you. you that this recipe said that it was going to make 16 cookies, 16 sandwich mm -hmm. cookies. So 32 mm -hmm. meringues. It made double that. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So you're people it's, mark it's your calendar your for your Kentucky Derby party next year. Yeah. And it made me think about meringue itself. And I'm so glad that I did because I found something fascinating about the history of the meringue. I in, bet you're going to share it with us. In the book On Food and Cooking, The Science and Lore of the Kitchen by Harold McGee. There's a little, there's a little box on one of the pages that you might miss when you're reading through the book. Now, when I read a book, I usually just read the boxes. Okay. So I don't think I would miss it. <laughs> well, this little box says, it's widely be believed that meringue was invented by a pastry chef in the Swiss town of Meringen. Okay. Which is fantastic, right? Around the year 1720. Now, okay. imagine there's no electric mixers then. You're Yeah, how were they whipping those egg whites? And... The whisk also had to be have been invented. Think about Was that. Was it? Well, it had to it had to have been. I think it had. It turns I think out it had to have that they had a straw whisk that they used. Okay, like a tiny broom. Yeah, like a tiny broom. I love that. And then it was brought to France because France is kind of when you think of meringues, you think of France, right? I suppose. Okay. Well, you should. It was brought to France a couple decades later by the Polish father-in-law of Louis the 15th. Straight to the king's court with Isn't the meringue. That, yeah, that sounds colorful. Except, except, ladies and gentlemen, that the French writer, Massalot, had already published a recipe for meringues in the year 1691. Amazing. 30 years before the pastry chef in the Swiss town of meringue. So there you go. So there's a little bit of a controversy about the origins of the meringue. Yeah, yeah, and then they and then they go through the the etymology of the word meringue began with a Latin word uh, merenda, meaning light evening meal. So it's not the Swiss village. It's it's a light evening meal. It was probably a French little light treat all along. And then there was a there was a form of the word 
near what is now Belgium that meant evening bread or shepherd's loaf or food taken to the field and forest or a traveler's snack. So what does this have to do with whipped eggs? Early baked biscuits, as we have said before, were like small little loaves. And, you know, they had dried nuts and things like that. So this Right, like the jumble cookie that you taught us about. Right. So so the meringues were actually made into the shape of little loaves to begin with. Oh my gosh, that sounds adorable. I've got a vision of my my children's Lego baguette. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and so that people could take them take them with them. And so so they were meant to be, you know, little confections that looked like miniatures of other food. I can't even stand it. And they they originated. So this is a confection that looks like a miniature of or or a, a regular rosette. Yeah, it's like a full size rose. I can't wait to eat it. Are we going to eat it soon? Let's eat it now. Are you ready? Hooray! Pick pick it up and bite gently. Oh. It is like candy on the air. <laughs> it's so sweet and yummy. I, I was worried that it was going to be too sweet. It's not. No, I don't think it is. It melts in your mouth, guys. It does. So I get a little bit of the strawberry in the meringue. Mm-hmm. More in the jelly. And that just... That just dissolves. And then the next flavor I taste. It's like it's setting the stage. Mm, yeah, it's like it's like a, a mousse-bouche for the for the jelly. And it's like here's a little here's a little preview of what you're about to Whoa <laughs> Exactly Strawberry. And the meringue has all the nice little holes in it. And even though it baked for Two and a half hours. The air pockets in it stayed nice and fluffy. Mm-hmm. And the chocolate just kind of holds it all together. You don't really taste the white chocolate. I'm wondering what it would be like to try it with a dark chocolate. Mm. Especially with raspberry. That might be good. Listeners, if you try it, if Let you try it with it raspberry, if you try it with dark chocolate, yeah, write in, call in, let us know what you come up with. But I can't stop eating this. This is maybe this is a 3.1 on the 3.0 scale. Oh, oh, I don't think we ever had a 3.1. <laughs> yeah, I really like this. And it goes good with coffee. I bet it would go great with coffee. I'm having it with, with tea and I'm not sad about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something not too sweet. Well, thank you for that magnificent effort and delicious result. Well, thank you for enjoying it. I do have, I do have a little science for you, if you'd like so to hear. So glad. Here in the lab. Definitely. Meringue is one of those magical baking experiences. Okay, you tell me about it. You know how usually there's a chemical reaction that happens in the oven. The heat of the oven provides an energy that either melts some butter and that causes baking soda to rise you know the liquids cause the cause the baking soda to make bubbles or something like that little kitchen in the oven it's in that oven for two and a half hours and all it's doing 
is drying out all the liquid that is in the egg white. Mm -hmm. So meringues are made with egg white and sugar. That's pretty much it. Maybe a little cream of tartar, which we love because we know that it's not creamy and it doesn't Nor taste... Nor does it have to do with tartar sauce. No, it's tartaric acid. Right, right. Right? It's a leavener? Well, it just usually... So often cream of tartar is used to activate uh, double-acting baking powder. Okay. But in this case, it has a completely different purpose. Egg whites are about 90% water mm. because they provide all the water for the baby chicks the in, the, in the egg. Uh, but the molecules that we're interested in in the egg white are the proteins, mm -hmm. the albumin, right? So now I remember that we talked about how egg whites are kind of clear, but when you cook them, they become white. Yeah. Because the uh, protein uh, breaks apart, right? And then lines back up together. So th that's happening again in, uh, in in this, which is fantastic. In the meringue. Yeah. So remember the proteins are like bracelets with mm -hmm. lots of different beads, the amino acids. And some are attracted to water and some aren't. We, we've, mm -hmm. we've done this before, right? So once you start beating the egg whites and introducing air into that, that's all you do. When that's you, what beating is. When you beat something, you introduce air. The water-loving bits cling to the water. The water-repelled bits cling to the air. And the more you beat, the more bubbles with protein coatings are mm -hmm. created and it starts to increase in size so it fluffs up however the bubbles in the proteins will not stand for very long and that's why sometimes it collapses mm -hmm. so you need a little stab stabilizer so you introduce an acid such as tartar tartaric acid which encourages the proteins in the egg white to bond together so the so so instead of just lining up next to it, they actually start to bond, and it adds a structural integrity. But it's so delicate; it's a delicate structure, right? And that's why I used liquid sugar. Yeah. So I took a cup of sugar and I dissolved it in a, one third of a cup of water. So it's mm, super concentrated sweetness. Right. And I just poured that in very, 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 very slowly while it was still warm. Uh, and it acts, you know how sugar gets sticky? Mm-hmm. Well, it sugar is sticky. It basically does the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it acts like a glue. That's how the the meringue is formed. It was very exciting to get into the science of that of that meringue and just just picture all of those microscopic little proteins surrounding the bubbles. They're like we must join hands. Yes, yes, and 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 we're gonna we're gonna get fluffier and fluffier. And yes, fluff up, everyone. Because we're holding just air pockets, and and when you when you bake your meringue and you bite into this cookie, you can see the air pockets in there, and those are the remnants of the of the proteins. Mm -hmm. So there you go. A little science, little history, a lot of flavor. And a beautiful and delicious cookie. And cheers to the 
horses and the jockeys who are competing today uh, may... Or will have competed a couple of days ago by the time you hear this. Yes. And may your may be sweet. It will now, Chris. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, you might want to say, if you, uh, if you make these for your neighbors, you might want to say, keep your paws off my cookies. Keep your hooves off my cookies, Chris. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll see you next week on Cookie Lab. Bye-bye. It's Cookie Lab.